Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello and thank you for joining me today. This week has been a slightly better week for investors with equity markets rallying slightly, led by gains in the US, especially the more cyclical sectors. Bonds had a a very volatile week, um, but yields were virtually virtually flat, while commodities fell across the board with gold breaking lower. With me today to talk about recent developments and what it means for you as an investor is Daniel Lamb, who runs our equity strategy team within the CIO office. Today, we will discuss the forthcoming US earnings season, which seems to take on increasing importance, what this means for our sector preferences, the implications of Boris Johnson's resignation for the British pound, and when might be a good time to buy gold. So, hi, Daniel. Thanks for joining me uh, on this slightly gloomy morning, I must admit, in Singapore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Start with the economy. Um, There are increasing signs that the economy is, is starting to slow and will slow further. I guess the employment report tonight is going to be important. So what what are the key things for investors to keep an eye on? Yeah, thanks, Steve. Yes, it is very important because a strong jobs data for the month of June would mean that the Fed is likely to be hiking policy rate by another 75 bips to 2.5% later this month. And especially if the US inflation for, for June, which is due on the 13th of July, remains close to its 40-year high. So if you look at the Fed minutes for the June policy meeting, it says that the policymakers really want to maintain their tightening stance until they see a consistent decline in near-term inflation. Okay, So that's the immediate data point that we're looking at. And of course, like you said, earnings season for the US is coming and corporate earnings guidance is going to be the focus for investors. And if you look at the um, forecast for the um, U.S. Uh, Q2 earnings, it's expected to be rising by 5.6% for the second quarter. But if you exclude the energy sector, Q2 earnings are expected to be declining 2.4%. And that would be the first earnings contraction since the pandemic-driven slump in 2020. So that earnings season and its forward guidance is another a factor that uh, we need to be looking at. Um, the other sector that would be in focus would be the financial sector. Uh, I guess we'll be uh, going into more details later on on that. Uh, but of course, uh, people would be following the loan growth factor and mortgage application uh, very closely as a health check on the economy. Um, the other uh, factors that we'll be looking at would be the G20 meeting in Bali uh, because the Russian foreign minister, uh, Lavrov, is going to attend and the host in Asia is trying to mediate. Uh, they may be mediating a resolution to the Ukrainian war. Um, and also we'll be looking at the China loan growth uh, factor and money supply data as well. Thanks. Okay, so so one of our key themes for our H2 outlook was the likelihood that the combination of higher starting yields and slowing growth would support bond markets. And I, I guess, you know, if we look at the first half of the year, it's been where earnings have held up and, and um, bond yields were going higher. If we did see bond yields peak, then the question will, will increase on those earnings that you just sort of referenced. So I, I reckon this makes the, the, the earnings season maybe even more important than normal. So, so what are your thoughts on this? Yes, yeah, so basically the second quarter for U.S. earnings, like I said, is expected to be growing at 5.6% year on year. 
So that estimate itself, let's dig deeper into that, has been revised down from 6.8%, which was expected at the start of Q2. And for the full year, um, the growth is it's still positive, is 9.5%. That's revised up from 8.8% expected at the start of Q2 and from 8.4% expected at the start of the year. Um, but I think one needs to be digging deeper into the sectors. Like I said, a lot of that was, um, I guess, um, carried by energy sector. Um, energy sector, I think, is expecting about you know, over 200% growth, right? But that's relatively small in terms of the index weighting. It's about um, 7% of the index. The other bigger sectors, however, uh, consumer discretionary and communication services sector, they have seen significant earnings downgrade which was affected by um, a combination of inflation and a shift in consumer spending from goods towards services. Um, so that really needs to be um, you know, looked at, all these sectors, as well as the guidance, like I said. Okay, so so obviously we have preferred sectors, as I mentioned before. Cyclicals were uh, you know were a leader over the past week, but um, you know I, I know we have a, a bit of a focus on defences. So what what are our sector preferences in in the US? Okay, so in terms of sector preferences, we are preferring energy, financials, and healthcare sector over a six to twelve month horizon. So in terms of energy, uh, we've talked about you know the earnings forecast there. Um, US recession fears. They've led to a pullback in oil prices um, uh, this week and is you know, below 100, um, hit below 100. Uh, but we believe that the tight demand supply balance is still there. It's going to keep oil prices elevated um, as oil producers maintain supply discipline while demand remains relatively resilient. So we believe that we should that should continue to support earnings growth in the sector. And if you look at energy equities itself, uh, they have lacked the rebound in Earnings and valuations are still attractive. Um, the financial sector, um, basically, if you look at um, uh, the key factors there, uh, I think we need to be watching out very closely for the um, loan demand, like I said, and also in terms of the um, you know mortgage applications. Now, consumer credit, uh, it could be a bright spot for the sector because it's risen this year. Uh, lower income threshold, they have depleted their pandemic era savings. So this trend is likely to extend as long as the job market holds up, uh, which we believe may offset lower demand for mortgages in the coming quarters. Um, and also in terms of healthcare, it is a defensive sector. Um, it um, We believe that the earnings growth is relatively dependable and relatively steady and is relatively less sensitive for the um, economy. And the variation is still relatively stable there. Okay, yeah, and I, I guess even on the mortgage side, we've, we've seen mortgage rates in the US actually uh, peak in the past week, so down 30 basis points, so that might provide some respite, although obviously they're still sharply higher than the beginning of the year. Um, let's, let's move on to FX. Um, you know, obviously, main political event in, in, in the UK was Boris Johnson's uh, resignation. Uh, any implications for the pound? Well, um, <laughs> unfortunately... Um, even after his uh, his resignation, um, the plan of his resignation still appears to be relatively unpopular, and much would depend on the popularity and the policy direction of the new prime minister. So the key areas that one should be focusing upon uh, would be um, 
the UK's relationship with the EU, um, how they execute an appropriate and well-structured fiscal policy, um, alongside with Bank of England's uh, monetary policy to combat stagflation fears, and also averting a push for Scottish independence next year. So all these will be the, I guess, the key factors on how the pound would be um, going forward. And one needs to also needs to be looking at the um, weakened UK government as well, because the key members may be, I guess, uh, vying for the top job. And that introduces uncertainties to the market. And if that uh, continues, that may actually lead to a ripple effect to EU as well, especially in uh, countries like uh, Italy, for example. Okay, so basically what we are looking at is that the technicals for pound, uh, uh, pound dollar suggest that the downtrend is dominant right now. So um, the target level is around 1.17 to 1.18 with possible extension from 1.14. And the pound, for that to resume or to stabilize uh, on the upside, it needs to break above 1.24 to turn this, this trend around. Okay, and let's, let's look at a, sort of a, an alternative currency in inverted commas. Uh, gold also mm-hmm. under significant pressure broke to new lows uh, for the year. Uh, should we be buying here? Well, gold right now seems to be stumbling to a bit of a panic sell um, at this moment in time. And if you look at the key two key tailwinds for gold, uh, rising inflation and geopolitical tensions, they have been fading in recent weeks. And so that is the reason why gold has been um, uh, relatively weak. And we believe that you know, for gold to rebound strongly, investors will need to look for one or more of the following trends to reassert. So basically a geopolitical escalation, a less hawkish Fed amid slowing growth and stubborn inflation and or broadly weakening US dollar. So we need to see signs of those before we can, I guess, go back to gold on mass. Um, in terms of technicals, uh, we could see a decline to the key support level around 1675 to 1685. Um, if that breaks, we could see a fall to um, 1615, but that is not a base case. So basically, we think that given the fact that it's moved you know, 15% from its March uh, 2022 peak uh, of just above 2000, I think that you know, getting below those, uh, getting towards those levels uh, around 1675, 1685, uh, one could be starting to look to scale in. But of course, like I said, um, if one wants to really increase the allocation, one should be looking for you know one of the three factors that we highlighted, i.e. Um, geopolitical escalation, less hawkish Fed, and also a broadly weakening dollar. Okay, thanks, Daniel. Um, that's all we have time for today. Um, but thanks for your insights. And thanks, everybody else for joining us. Um, if you want to read more about our market views or strategies uh, for adapting to volatile market conditions, uh, please feel free to go to Standard Chartered's Wealth Insights LinkedIn page. We've shared a lot of content over the past couple of weeks as part of our H2 Outlook, both here and also on our podcast channel. So free, free, feel free to take a look. Uh, This does include conversations I had with uh, Professor Raghuram Rajan, former IMF Chief Economist and Reserve Bank of India Governor. So um, so please take a look. Uh, In the meantime, wishing you a fantastic weekend and I will talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. 
For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights. 